and down to dust. Yeah, um, missed and peeved. Missed and peeved. That's a way of saying like you're angry or you're mad. Don't be missed and peeved. Miffed. Don't be miffed and peeved. I don't use it, but it's a real one. Not in your vocab? Down to dust. Yes. This is Stephen Adams. Don't be miffed and peeved. No, you can't be miffed and peeved. Sorry. This is Stephen Adams. You can't be miffed and peeved because you're listening to Down to Dunk. Welcome to Down to Dunk. This is your host, Andrew Schlecht. We're part of CLNS Media, DailyThunder.com. Also featured on Dash Radio at 5 o'clock Central Time. Before we get to Alex, I want to tell you guys about a t-shirt that we just put out. It's a scared money, don't make none. It's a tribe called Quest Quote with a picture of Sam Presti done by an amazing artist in Brandon Land. Uh, you got to go check out this shirt. You can find and buy the shirt at down to dunk dot big cartel dot com go find it buy it it's amazing while you're there you may also notice that we have put our paul george chicken fried rice shirts back up for sale so those of you that missed out on the first round we decided in celebration of paul george resigning that you can now go purchase those we've already had several people do that so if you're just dying to have a shirt that has a bowl of chicken fried rice on it with Paul George's face in place of the chicken, this is the place to go. Down to dunk.bigcartel.com. Also, before we get to Alex, I'd like to tell you about my good friend Grady Carter of Metro Brokers of Oklahoma. Grady wants to be your homeboy. Grady is a realtor, he's a GRI designee, which means that he knows everything there is to know about buying or selling a home in Oklahoma City. He knows the market incredibly well. He's incredibly friendly, just a great all-around guy. If you're at our draft party, he was there. He's just a huge supporter of our show and of us in general. Uh, So please support him and do something good for yourself. If you're wanting to buy a new home, uh, he's going to help you do that. If you want to get great value for your current home, uh, when you're selling it, he's your man. Like for real, go check out Grady Carter, Metro Brokers of Oklahoma, homeboyok.com, homeboyok, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Grady is just the man. And now we get to the podcast with Alex. Hey, Alex. Good morning. So LeBron's a Laker. I mean, and we had, everybody knew it for days now. Uh, but it happened last night, felt like kind of out of the blue, and uh, it it's still just kind of crazy to think about. What, what's your reaction to, to all this? Uh, I mean, it, obviously, uh, first and foremost, it's massive for the Lakers. I mean, just looking at what they went through the last five years, including Kobe's last couple of years, they've just been miserable they've been terrible for a team that's never been that bad and they got turned down by a bunch of free agents in the past couple of years they signed some bad deals but they've slowly built this collection of really promising young players and so to get lebron you know you can't really say anything negative about that um so no. they're, they're they're in great shape they even you know they're i'm really interested to see how they build around lebron 
But the fact that he signed a four-year deal, similarly to the fact that Paul George signed a four-year deal, uh, it just gives them so much leverage. Like I, I feel like the Spurs have zero leverage at this point, and I feel really bad for them <laughs> because I don't yeah. know. I, I, I don't see the reason for the Lakers to do anything with Kawhi at this point. I mean, obviously, it'd be nice to have Kawhi for the first season, but they have LeBron locked in for four years. So, like, they don't have to do anything. Um, no, but I also think that, and maybe this is false hope, but I think that the Thunder story with Paul George will give another team hope that will offer a good package for him. Maybe. I'm starting to have my doubts now. And I, um, and I guess that really that team is Philadelphia. Yeah, it would have to be Philly. But I don't know if you're Philly. Like, it, I, I wouldn't give up faults at this point because I just don't trust Kawhi to even give you a chance next summer. I mean, there's been zero indication that he would be willing to consider another team if they traded for him. I mean, I, I don't know. If you have a healthy Kawhi Leonard on that team, you go to the NBA Finals. Yeah, you do. And if you're Kawhi, are you going to leave a team that for sure goes to the NBA Finals and maybe goes back? Um, I don't know. I don't know either. I just feel like it, it would have happened by now. But... Who knows? And then the the other big thing from LeBron is that this isn't a good thing for Oklahoma City, not because of anything specific, but just the Western Conference is a bloodbath now. Mm-hmm. I mean, absolutely insane going through these teams. I mean, you look at the top nine teams last year, they've all pretty much stayed the same or gotten a little bit better. Or in the case of Houston, they've gotten a little bit worse, but they're still obviously a playoff team. Um you know, you could look at like, well, the Spurs are probably going to drop off. Well, the Spurs are bringing back the exact same team that won 48 or whatever games last year. Yeah. So I, I can't exactly rule the Spurs out. Um, we've already seen that they can do it without Kawhi. So there's going to be some franchises that are majorly disappointed this season. Yeah. Like a team like the Clippers that oh, we're going to get, you know, Marcin Gortat and we're going to piece this together and we're going to make a run for the eighth seed. Uh, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going to do that. Um, Dallas Mavericks. Oh, hey, we'll sign DeAndre to a one-year deal. We're going to try to sneak into the playoffs. No, you're not. Like New Orleans, <laughs> New Orleans is still good. Memphis. Oh, Memphis, we can win 50-plus games. Nope, you're not going to in the Western Conference. I'm sorry. I feel really bad for the Denver Nuggets because their payroll is crazy and they haven't made the playoffs. And it is not a good place to be a fringe playoff team. It's just not a good place to be. Uh, There's going to be a very, very good team. And there might even be two like last year that aren't going to make it. Yeah. The, the margin for error is so much smaller. I mean, you know, thinking about the thunder, I've been kind of, I was a little confused about how they're focusing so much on a backup center. Um, like they were rumored with JaVale and then they're rumored, rumored with Nerlens. But you look at the Western Conference, like if Steven Adams just happened to get an injury for like a month or a month and a half, it would that that 
could potentially be enough to knock them out of the playoffs just because of how strong the West is. Yeah. So I, I kind of get it. Like they, yeah, they kind of do need a backup center just in case. To me, more than that, it signals that Jeremy Grant might be their starting power forward. And yeah, I think how do you feel about that? You know, if you would have asked me that in December, I would have said that's stupid. <laughs> Like that would have been my response. Yeah. Uh, I think that his three point shot improved throughout the season. Um, and I think that it's, it would work and you're switchy and your defense is at that point with he and Robertson in there, it's crazy. Right. And, and you might like say, I would probably prefer Patterson to start. I would say that. Um, but I just think that maybe giving that confidence to, to Jeremy, maybe that would mean more. Yeah. And you know, for sure that he can, I just, I don't, I love Patterson too. And a lot of it at this point is like the idea of Patrick Patterson, three and D three and D like power forward that can really move the ball. Uh, but he's never been a starter. And he's always been a guy off the bench. And maybe there's a reason for that. Um, but I I know the team believes in Jeremy Grant. Obviously, they do. They committed to him quickly and gave him a good deal. I mean, that's market value for Jeremy Grant. So they, you know, they gave him above the mid-level exception, which is a big deal. Because they could have played the long game with Jeremy and just said, all right, go get an offer and but you just don't know what happens. Like is Chicago going to make a crazy offer? Like, like maybe they would have, I don't know. Uh, but I just think, I think that they, they may be starting Jeremy Grant and they may, and the party without Mello at the party. And then them looking for a backup big just continues to kind of push the, the narrative for me. And you're kind of re- you're just reading the tea leaves. I don't have any information, but that Carmelo Anthony is on his way out the door. And if you can bring in a Orleans Noel or somebody that can soak up 10 to 20 minutes a night, depending on the matchup, can you know come in and play and maybe even play really well. I think that it makes a lot of sense and, you know, obviously, Nerlens Noel is not as talented as Carmelo Anthony is, but it may make a very positive difference on this roster, just shifting things around and then bringing in a guy that is theoretically a good defensive center. Yeah, and you know, Shams had reported that Noel had narrowed his decision to Wizards, Lakers, and Thunder with interest from the Pelicans. It would seem that the Lakers are out at this point, but they they still could sign him. I mean, he is a he is a clutch uh, agent. Mm -hmm. And then the Wizards, I feel like, make more sense for him because they could guarantee him a starting job. Right. So he he would just what he wants. Right. Because he would definitely be a backup in the the Thunder and he would definitely they I'm guessing they would only give him the minimum or do you think they would give him the mid level? I, I just, I mean, maybe the wizards are willing to give more money. If they are, I'd say, okay, good luck. Like Nerlens Noel, 
hadn't been good in a long time and has had a bad attitude in places. And I don't even know that you like, do you start in Erlen's Noel? Like, I don't know that you guarantee that guy a starting spot. I mean, starting him next to Mark Keith Morris and a disgruntled John Wall, like that just sounds like an explosive situation. Like, why would you do that? Well, because your only other option is Jan Mahimi right now. Start Jan. Like, he's he's been fine. You know, Jan would have played in Dallas 100% last right. year. Uh, and wouldn't have eaten hot dogs at halftime. That's unfair. You know, you would do the same thing. <laughs> hey, you, you cannot have the NBA standard be what I would do at halftime. <laughs> uh, so LeBron signs with the Lakers, and the Lakers know that this team lacks maturity, they know that they lack outside shooting. And so they do what every other NBA team would do, and they sign Lance Stevenson and JaVale McGee to help shore up those problems. Yeah, it's weird. I mean, I feel like you can explain both of them in a vacuum. Um, Like you can say, oh, hey, JaVale was really good for the Warriors uh, in the finals last year. Like he's really matured. He's a really decent rim runner, and he's got two guys in LeBron and Lonzo who can throw him lobs. Um, So like, yeah, I can get that and then with lance like they needed some more size on the wing like if they're going to match up with someone like the warriors or the rockets so like you kind of you can make the case for them it was just very strange that that is the first two people that they go out and sign like i i guess i like the idea of lance stevenson but i just don't get four and a half million for lance that's where i'm like who's competing with the lakers to sign this guy uh, if the Thunder signed Lance Stevenson to a four and a half million dollar contract using the mini mid level, I'd be throwing a fit this morning because the dude tried out for the Cavaliers last year and they said no. And he bounced around like crazy and he's just he's a minimum guy. Like he has like he has the the resume of what minimum guys have in this nba and i just don't understand four and a half million maybe it's to like shove it in paul george's face like hey look we got your guy here in la why didn't you come here but it's really not and i don't understand it and it's very weird that they would give him four and a half million like getting javel on a minimum deal yeah that's interesting uh he he's not going to play a ton of minutes for them he doesn't play a ton of minutes for anyone anymore and that's, I mean, the Thunder were looking at him as their backup center. And uh, yeah, I mean, can you imagine if JaVale came to OKC? I mean, I think that would be so weird. But I I don't know. I'm not going to question it. They're, they're getting some guys, two guys that may not play all that much for that team. And so maybe it's not that big of a deal. Right. But, but it does seem weird that that's like, we got LeBron James. And on top of that, JaVale McGee. Lance Stevenson, let's go. It's yeah, like why, weird. Why not go after like Umba Mute? I feel like yeah. he would. He makes more sense. Um, and and obviously they still had some money at that point, and they still do have a little bit of money left. But well, and they gave KCP the twelve million, and so you're paying like almost seventeen million for KCP and Lance Stevenson next year. I I don't. I mean that. 
I would be surprised if we get to the end of the summer and the market dictated that those two make a combined 17 million. I mean, I, I don't know who else is paying Contavious Caldwell Pope at this point. Like, I just don't understand the logic. They're one year deals. So they don't really matter all that much. And they can be used in trade really easily. And maybe that's the thing, you know, maybe they're trying to cobble up as many one year deals that total up a certain amount of money so they can go make a trade. But uh, other than that, I don't totally understand the deals they made as far as what the market is dictating. Well, don't you just chalk up the KCP thing to the clutch? Yeah, and we're doing this again? (laughs) This is what LeBron does. I know. I mean, and, you know, LeBron took the Cavs to the finals year after year after year. But he also left the Cavs like in shambles, and he has to take the blame for a lot of that. Like they, and the the one year deals are a lot of what crippled it. But he also, you know, Tristan Thompson held out for the contract that he got, and LeBron supported it. And J.R. Smith held out for the contract that he got, and LeBron supported it. And now, like those are as close to untradeable as they as you can get and the Cavs don't really have a way to I mean to truly tank at this point because you can't trade those guys and so it's good that those aren't long it's not long-term money for either of these guys and they're easily tradable in this market certainly but you know it's it's just I don't know how long you continue just saying like Oh, it's a clutch guy. Let's get him all the money. Let's do it now. And it's just, I mean, like Caldwell Pope's like pretty good, but you should kind of have to be cautious about making those kind of deals because the reality is like the, the Lakers are like, that's awesome. They have LeBron James. That's so cool. They're in the same division as the Warriors and you have to compete. Like, how are you going to compete with the Warriors? And you can't make, mistakes with your roster you know and beat the warriors like you just can't and so i just it's just all very interesting to see how this unfolds and maybe the lakers aren't under the impression that they're a contender this year that they have you know eyes on anthony davis or something like that which could totally be possible now like i think that anything is possible when you have lebron james in a lakers uniform I think that tons of things are possible with with that, which is a little bit scary for the West, just because the like who's like all the good teams are in the West. You have Boston and Philly in the East, and like Indiana's pretty good. Like Toronto's still going to be pretty good. Like who else? I mean, like there's going to be some bad bad teams that make the playoffs next year for the East and the West. I mean, this is where you have to, and I don't know if you do it and maybe you just think it's short-sighted to even consider it, but conference or just not having conferences when it comes to the playoffs. Just 1 through 16, seed them. I think that's probably the most fair thing at this point just because the West is super stacked and you're going to have a team that's doing all the right things in the Denver Nuggets and they may be left out in the cold again just because the way that everything is falling into place. Yeah. And the other thing I'm thinking about is 
what a bad year for the Kings to not have their pick. Oh boy, the, they're going to get stomped. And if I was so the Celtics, like I wouldn't even necessarily be that confident because remember that pick is top one protected. And I have a, I have a feeling that they are going to have whatever it is. I think it's like 15.8% is the, the percentage for the first top three picks. Yeah. I have a feeling that the Kings are going to be there and that the the Celtics getting that pick isn't going to be a, like a lock. Well, they're easily the worst team in the West, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, they are. I, I Because can't. like you look at the Northwest division again, like the division is crazy. Nuggets, Wolves, Thunder, Blazers, Jazz. Like all those teams are good. All of them. Southwest, Dallas is better. Houston's still really good. Memphis wants to be good. Pelicans are good. San Antonio just always wins games. And now look at the Pacific. Golden State is Golden State. The Clippers are, yeah, like they're they're fine. If they're healthy, like they're pretty good. Lakers have LeBron. Phoenix Suns are going to be, they're going to be better than they were last year. And they added Trevor Ariza and they have DeAndre Ayton. And like, who knows what that looks like? That's probably like 25 to 35 win team. And like then Sacramento, it's like the only team that you're like, yeah, I know for sure they're going to be miserable this year. Right. Yeah. It's, it's weird that there's not, I wonder if another one of these teams will decide to tank. I mean, it should be Memphis, but yeah. on the on the other hand, they probably can't get rid of the Conley contract at this point. Right. I and, feel like they're, they're more screwed than any of these teams. Oh, yeah. They're definitely screwed. And and maybe San Antonio looks at it like that, too. They're like, you know what? What are we doing? Especially well, trade Kawhi. Like, well, yeah. At that point, though, like what's Pop doing? Like he was probably going to retire in two years anyways. Maybe he has an early retirement this summer. I mean, yeah. that wouldn't that wouldn't be shocking. And you trade Lamarcus, and you see what you can get, and you see if you can get somebody to take on Powell's money. I mean, I don't know. That Powell contract looks so bad right now. <laughs> I don't remember what it is, but it looks incredibly bad. Um, yeah, the West is stacked, and then you look at the Eastern Conference. You go east. Like, Boston's good. Uh, Brooklyn's not any good. The Knicks aren't any good. Philly, Toronto are good. Chicago's bad. Cleveland's bad. Detroit's blah. Indiana's pretty good. Milwaukee's pretty good. Atlanta, Charlotte, Miami, Orlando, Washington. That's a miserable division. Like, Washington's going to be pretty good because they have stars, but the rest of those teams, I guess Miami's scrappy. But, like, how are we going to get to eight teams? How are we going to get to a full all-star roster? Yeah, and and now like nine of ten best players in the NBA are in the Western Conference. It's insanity. It's just it's just super crazy. And what's we haven't mentioned this yet, but man, if you told me this is how things played out before the summer, I would have told you, man, you're kind of crazy to, to tell me that that's what's going to happen, that Paul George is going to commit at midnight when he knows, he knows for a fact that Paul or that LeBron James is going to the Lakers. And not only is he going to the Lakers, but he's signing a four-year deal with the Lakers. Right. 
it's like he knew he knew that it was going to happen. And it's not like him and Russ were best friends before this past season. Right. I mean, all of this happened within the last year. Yeah. And can you imagine? I mean, obviously we, we would have felt bad if Paul had left anyways. Right. But now, like what we just described with the Western Conference, like it would feel overwhelming. The Thunder have to be real lucky to make, to even sniff the eighth seed. Right. They really would be. Everything would have to go perfectly. Jeremy Grant have to make a big jump. Stephen Adams would make a big jump. Uh, you know, Alex Sabrinas being able to play starter minutes. And I mean, it would have to be those things. And to have all those things go right is rare. It, it would be tough. But like the Thunder are now ready to compete moving forward, which is great. Uh, it, but this is like an all-time Western Conference type of situation. And it's going to be fun. Like it's going to be uh, like the playoffs are going to be insane. But like the Rockets, I mean, these four teams are going to be, you know, battling in the playoffs. Rockets, Lakers, Warriors, Thunder now. And even like Utah is still really good. Obviously, Utah's good. They beat the Thunder this year. Like that team is going to be really tough to beat in the playoffs. Minnesota, like do they get do they get better? You know, he, you, New Orleans made the second round. Like I, I still see it as a little bit fluky, but you still have Anthony Davis, and you don't know what's going to happen with Demarcus Cousins now because it seems like you know the Lakers aren't going to be able to offer like a big one year balloon payment to him to get him to come there. I mean, it's again, it's just going to be a bloodbath in the Western Conference. I just still can't believe that. At midnight, he committed to the Thunder that Paul did that. Just be, I, I just thought all along, if LeBron goes to the Lakers, you're going you're gonna to have to kiss Paul George goodbye. Just because that situation is really, really good. You have Paul George, LeBron James, and you get to keep all the young guys. And like that team alone, like that's a good team. That team, by, just without doing anything else, that's a good team. But then if you're able, then you have the ability to trade for a Kawhi Leonard or maybe you even be patient and in a year you trade for Anthony Davis if he's available. I mean, it's like, that's a great team. And I just didn't, and it's home for him. And it, like it's, it's everything you put on a Lakers Jersey, but he's chose to stay with Russell. He chose to stay with Sam Presti. Like he believes in this team. He believes in the vision. And Paul, like most of these big name guys know what the NBA landscape is going to look like at the end of the summer. Like they, they know, especially a guy like Paul George had to have been in the know with LeBron and with what knowing Chris Paul was going to stay, knowing all these things are going to happen. He had to have known. And so there's still a part of me that thinks, I think there's something else coming for the Thunder. And I think that they're going to try to do something else. And I don't have any inside information like who that is or what's going to happen, but I just get the feeling that this isn't it for OKC, that they're going to try to do something else. And that may have been a part of the pitch that made it just like I'm signing, like I'm just doing it. And because I, and it, and it could just be that he loves Russell Westbrook and loves the team, which is, I think, both things are true. 
but I also think that he might have might be thinking like, yeah, we can really compete this year if we can do this or do that. Because I I know that Sam communicates with those guys and kind of lays things out for them, and I think the the pitch is probably not all that dissimilar to the pitch they made to Kevin Durant back in the day. Well, if you want to follow some tea leaves, I don't know if these these guys were tweeting at you, but uh, glazed and consumed and Jesus shaves uh, <laughs> <laughs> sent me sent me some some great info, just some real investigative journalism. Wow! First first thing uh, they found out that uh, Mello has not liked or commented on any pics from the party. Yeah, and then the other thing was that Terrence Ferguson had posted a photo of him giving Carmelo a high five, and then he deleted it. Yeah. I did see what that. You, what does it mean? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, every, like everyone, like the easy dot to connect here is Kevin Love, right? I mean, he's college roommates with Russell Westbrook, and he's expressed interest in playing with him at times. And he's on a terrible team now. And the Thunder don't have a great package that they can offer for him because there's just no way that you offer Steven Adams for Kevin Love. Like, you just don't do that. And so, like, you're left offering Carmelo Anthony, which is just, hey, cap relief. And then you offer... Terrence and Hamadou Diallo. <laughs> like, do you even offer a, a future first, like a way future first? Like, I don't even know. Just because I don't know what the trade market is for Kevin Love. Yeah, it it would have to be a pure just wanting to get off money move because he he has a player option next year, Kevin Love for twenty five point six million. Yeah. And so I guess everyone is just assuming that he would be opting into that. I don't, although how old is Kevin Love? It might actually make sense for him to opt out potentially. He's got to be 29 or something like that. I'll yeah. find out. So I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the, the market for him is. I'm really interested to see what happens with Portland. Uh, yeah. I just, I've, I've been reading some Portland blogs and uh, some fan forums and, they are just furious right now with Neil O'Shea because <laughs> yeah, he lay it out. Yeah, well, Kevin, Love's, I, Kevin Love is 29. Okay. Yeah. So it's, it's possible he would opt out next year. Um, yeah, but yeah, so, and it's all small moves with the Blazers. It's all very small things, but it's just adding up into something like first. It was the fact that at the draft, he said, well, you don't really find anyone good at the 35th pick or whatever they had. And he just like poo pooed their second round pick acting like it didn't really matter. <laughs> and then he let Ed Davis go. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, you know, Ed Davis was a free agent, but Ed Davis went and signed a really reasonable deal. One year deal with Brooklyn for 4.4 million. Mm-hmm. And then he brings in Nick Stauskas, which it's like, well, I, what? Like that's, that's not moving the needle anywhere <laughs> except down perhaps. Um, and then, you know, Dame was 
Dane tweeted out a broken heart when Ed Davis left. Yeah. And then he then he tweeted a peace sign and a watch sign. Oh. So people don't know what that means. How much would you freak out if if Russell Westbrook was unhappy and he tweeted something like that? Like you just yeah, oh they're trading him. They're a hundred percent trading. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So I, I I don't know what's going to happen with Portland, but I do feel like they're heading towards something significant. And so maybe they would be interested in Kevin Love. They definitely feel like they need some kind of shakeup. Um, cause they're looking at, I don't know. I mean, maybe Nurkic just takes the qualifying offer and that's just how this ends. Sure. Um, but th- you know, they're, they could potentially be heading for another bad contract with him. And then I just don't know what this team is. And, and, and now, you know, Blazers fans are looking at the Western Conference and I think they're just getting very depressed. They just feel like their team is in no man's land, even though they have two stars. Yeah. I mean, you look at them pre-playoffs, like, oh, they're the three seed. Uh, like, this Blazers team is pretty good. And then they get swept <laughs> in the playoffs. Right. And I think that started to probably color a lot of things the way that the that Blazers fan base is looking at everything. Um you know, you have to wonder, like, we've talked about Kawhi there, but what kind of package could Philadelphia offer for, like, a CJ McCollum? Yeah. Who would be pretty perfect next to those guys. He, I mean, yeah, he's he is very similar to the idea of Markel Fultz. I think Fultz is probably yeah. a little bit bigger and maybe, ha- and, and definitely has more defensive upside. Um, but offensively, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and maybe you don't have to even give up faults in a trade to get that. Like maybe, like that Miami pick is valuable. You can give them Zaire Smith. You can give them Dario, and like maybe you're getting close to enough there. Like I don't know. Right. Oh man, uh, you want to go through some free agents and. Uh, Talk talk about him on a podcast with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how could I turn that down? Uh, Alfred what a Pay- sell, <laughs> Alfred Payton to the Pelicans. Yeah, let's do it, Alfred and Rondo. What yeah. a pairing! I wonder if they that. Can- I wonder if that says anything about Rondo. I mean, I know there was already reports saying that they still want to resign Rajon Rondo, but sheesh. it means they love him. They want. They want a player like Rondo on the court at all times. We're looking for a guy that can't shoot, but can do those other things pretty good. Like that's, <laughs> I, I think it's fine, uh, but uh, it obviously is not uh, not inspiring. I'm not getting ex- that excited about it. Yeah, and if you're Anthony Davis, I mean, I would just be rolling my eyes right now because like, what? Why wouldn't you just put as much shooting around me as you can? Like what's what's going on here? Like why are you bringing him in? Uh, we talked about Javale. We talked about Lance. Uh, Aaron Gordon resigned with the Magic four years, eighty four million. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought he was going to get a huge offer, and I think that would have happened if Thaddeus Young had opted out. Yeah, because um, he would have fit in perfectly on the Pacers as their power forward. But I just I guess there just wasn't a team that could offer him a huge contract and not that this isn't a huge contract, but people were thinking that he might get a max offer. So 
yeah, it's great for the magic. I still don't know what they are or if they're any good, but <laughs> oh, they're <laughs> it's not. A good, it's a good value contract. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it's a fair deal. It's very tradable. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think it's a, a very fair deal. Uh, Mario Hazonia to the Knicks, one year, six and a half million. I think like some Thunder fans have thought, like maybe the they could get Hazonia back or with OKC back with Rob Hinn again. But uh, nope, he went for more than what the Thunder could offer, which is pretty interesting. Woj actually, uh, he accidentally tweeted that they that he was going to Portland, well, which is kind of funny. Uh, but I think it's a, I guess a, a one-year deal. You just try him out if you're the Knicks. He's lottery type. He's had lottery talent. He doesn't appear to have that anymore, but maybe... Maybe he goes to the Knicks and Fizdale can unlock something. I think it's it's a I think it's a good risk for them. And if it doesn't work out, then he's off the books next year. Yeah, I honestly thought Mario was going to get more. I thought he was going to get more years, and I thought he was going to get a little bit more money. Just because there were a lot of teams rumored for him, including the Kings. So I'm still waiting to see what the Kings' first move of free agency is going to be. Oh man. I think I think it's going to be a big offer sheet to a restricted free agent. I think it's probably going to be Zach Levine. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I feel like I've heard that somewhere. Yeah, which makes doesn't make a ton of sense, but whatever. <laughs> that's that's the everyone has like their hashtag for their team. That's the hashtag for the Kings. It doesn't really make much sense, but whatever. Kings two thousand eighteen yeah. nineteen. Uh, KCP, we talked about him, $12 million. Uh, LeBron James is a Laker, which is still just insane. Uh, Dirk is going to stay with the Mavs for another year for probably around $5 million. Glenn Robinson the third, two years, $8.3 million with a team option. I feel like it's a good deal for a wing in Glenn Robinson the third that has a lot of athleticism and upside and Obviously, some teams like him, but I feel like that's a good, that's a really solid deal for him. Uh, 8.3, it still seems a little bit low to me for for a wing of that that can play minutes. But that that's more of like when I'm talking about like Lance Stevenson. Like this seems more like the market to me than like the four and a half for Lance for this year and the 12 for KCP. But what do I know? But I, that just feels, this feels like a, yeah, that's, that seems like market value for a wing. Who do you think, because uh, we both really like Marcus Smart. Yeah. Are there any teams outside of Boston that you think have the money and would be a good fit? Uh, I don't know, because I don't think that he can just go to any team and it'd be a good situation. Right. Like he, he doesn't make a ton of sense on the Kings because it's like, oh, yes. Oh. It'd be a fun defensive backcourt, but I don't know if you want Fox and Smart at your backcourt. I guess Indiana would be the team. Yeah, because they can turn down Collison and have a little bit of money. That, and then outside of that, I mean, you're you're looking up and down the Eastern Conference. Well, I guess I'm just saying <laughs> the no. Magic. Oh boy. Yeah, I mean the Magic. Do, who who is going to start for the Magic at point guard? DJ, DJ, baby, DJ. Augustine. Oh yeah, man. I actually really like the idea of them signing uh, Isaiah Thomas to a one-year deal. Yeah. The, I mean, it doesn't make sense with what they've, 
what John Hammond's liked in the past. You know, all he cares about is length. Right. <laughs> it's the opposite uh, of <laughs> right. what he goes for. He's he's I, anti-Mobamba. I think if there's any chance for Isaiah to get back to something close to what he was, it would be on a team like that where he just kind of gets free reign because there's really no other ball handlers on the team. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. I'm um, looking in the West for a team that would like Marcus Smart. And like you're just looking at contenders, really. Like he'd be great for Utah. He'd oh, what about Atlanta? Trey Young, Marcus Smart backcourt. <laughs> bedlam. <laughs> it's total bedlam. If you don't know what bedlam is, that's Oklahoma State versus Oklahoma. And it's unimportant and it's a joke that Alex made. Um <coughs> Yeah, I don't. I don't know. I think that unless Indiana can make a a big offer, because like you think about an Oladipo, Marcus Smart backcourt, that makes a lot of sense. Because Vic was essentially the point guard for them this past year, and defensively, that is a monster. Like that's scary if you're going up against those two. And that would, I feel like that would really solidify Indiana as like one of the better teams like in there with the Toronto's of the world. Right. Uh, so, I mean, that would be, if I'm Indiana, like I'm all in and trying to get him uh, just because I feel like that helps you improve quite a bit. Uh, let's see back to, yeah. Uh, Nick Stauskas to the Blazers. <clears throat> I don't see any money for that one yet i would guess it's a minimum deal uh fred van vliet two years 18 million whoa uh, see did did you you probably didn't listen to the simmons pod with Haralabob. uh i i listened to the the end because someone said that he talked about odds for paul george and the thunder oh okay um, well he but i didn't listen to the whole thing he basically said that he would have maxed out van vliet maxed out yeah and he i don't think he meant like 25 million because there was only so much van vliet could make this year yeah uh because of how his contract worked but he basically said like i would give him that absolute full amount who said that would... Bob. okay <laughs> and i'd never good. heard someone i've never heard good, someone be but... that excited about van vliet so it kind of made me stop a little bit i mean i i don't have a strong opinion on van vliet He's good. So I, I, I think he's good. Uh, and I guess if you think that he's that good, then that's a great deal for the Raptors. Yeah. I mean, if you think he's that good, then Orlando really should have gone after him. Yeah. Although they, they probably would have just matched it, but still. Right. Uh, let's see. There's rumors about the Timberwolves uh, offering a max contract extension to Jimmy Butler. Uh, Ursan. Uh, yeah, Sova. What is that? Do you have the terms of that deal pulled up? Uh, no. It's like a three-year, twenty-one million, something like that. That's. That feels yeah. Three years, twenty-one million to the Bucks. He's going back to the Bucks. I think this is the third time he's played for the Bucks. <laughs> yeah, he was on some of those really fun and dumb Brandon Jennings teams. Yeah, the Brandon Jennings Monte Ellis Bucks. Yeah. It's a really underrated 2K team. And JJ Redick for a half season. <laughs> yeah, for like 20 games. I had JJ Redick. That was fun. 
Uh, man, I'm still, we talked about this some the other night, but the, the Ariza deal, one year, 15 million to the Phoenix Suns is just flabbergasting in so many ways. Like you just, you thought, and you've heard about this recently that he and Chris Paul are really close. And Chris Paul talked about not only was it James Harden that lured me to Houston, it was Trevor Ariza. And then obviously Ariza, something pissed him off. This just feels like a, you know what? Like, screw you guys. I'm going to go get as much money as I can kind of deal. Yeah, it it does feel like him calling some bluff from Daryl Morey. Yeah. Where they like offer him, I don't know, it could be like the mid-level for three years or something. And he's just like, you know what? I'm just going to go sign a one-year deal with Phoenix. Yeah. And I just, I don't know. That's, those are the kind of players that make a huge difference to your roster and to your defense and to your ability to space the floor. And that guy soaked up minutes all over the place. Tom Haverstrow recently, uh, I heard him on a podcast say that nobody has guarded more 20 plus scores in the NBA over the past few years than Trevor Ariza. Like he is the guy that they put on wings that can score power forwards that can score guards that can score. He, he guards all those guys. And now like, I think they can bring back Mbamute, but Mbamute has had some injury problems and some obvious offensive issues in the playoffs to where they couldn't even play him. And so can he be that guy? Like maybe, like maybe he could, but then you don't have anybody in the Mbamute role. And then, I mean, like those, those kind of things really do matter when it comes to building a contender. And it's just really shocking to see that not only did he leave, but he left to go play for the Suns. It's just very and odd. And the, the rumor that's out there right now that like Rockets fans are clinging to is the idea of Wilson Chandler, which Wilson Chandler hasn't been good in a few years, but also he's under a contract, which means they would have to trade for him. Right. And, look at the Rockets roster. Like, what are they trading for him? Denver doesn't want to take on more money. No. So, like you're not, <laughs> you're not getting off of Ryan Anderson. So I, I don't see no. how that happens. No, 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 you're not. <laughs> and who, and who else could they trade? Like who else in that contract range could they trade? It doesn't make any sense. I don't, I, uh, I don't know. Wilson Chandler is very much like th- the idea of Wilson Chandler is awesome. Like Wilson Chandler in practice is frustrating. He he's got he's a, a wing that can do it all, but he has a low motor. And those guys, are, like he's he's a better Jeff Green, basically. And like that is not going to be satisfying <laughs> for Rockets fans, I would guess, because he's not Ariza. Like he just cannot defend like Ariza does. Uh, I think that Wilson Chandler is a, a bench player for the Rockets that comes in and. Every other game, like he's going to score a lot, but I just don't know that you can count on him to fill that Ariza role. I just don't know. You, There's just not a lot of guys that can. You know what? You saying Jeff Green made me realize that that's probably what is going to end up happening. For Houston? I bet yeah. Yeah. I bet they sign him to like a one-year vet minimum. Yeah. And that's fine. That's a fine deal. You know, if you're... A, it, and he showed last year that with Cleveland, with good players around him, like he has value and he's like a really good 
seventh or eighth guy on a team. And he was like the second best player at times for them in the playoffs just because he kind of had to be. But, you know, if you're a contending team, heck, if you're even the Thunder, like, do you consider giving a part of your mini mid-level to Jeff Green? To no. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I just don't think he's, he was not that bad. Like, uh, he doesn't show up every game, but if, if you're asking him to be a back part of the rotation type of guy, like, that's a good guy to have. How would you rank um, the, like, positions that the Thunder should go after in free agency in terms of minimum guys? Like, do you think the backup center is more important than the backup point guard? I know, I, I mean, we're kind of assuming that Felton's just going to come back, but how do you rank those those needs? Oh, I, I still think that wing is number one. Okay. Uh, just because we saw the, the lack of depth that they had after Robertson went down. And I don't think they want to be in that position again. Uh, and I just think that you can patch together enough. Like you can't really replace Steven Adams, but I think you can patch together enough to get by without a big in today's game. And you can also, I think they can find somebody too. Um, so they can find a minimum guy that can play center and can soak up minutes at times if you need them to. Right. I think backup point guards, uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they do. Cause I think they, I mean, Raymond Felton, you know, we, I thought Paul George was openly excited about the prospect of coming back to OKC at exit interviews. Like everyone (laughs) kind of had their eyebrows raised, like sitting in that room. Like when he walked out, everybody's just kind of looking at each other. Like, what do we do with that? Like we've, and, and a lot of it is the, like the, we're looking at everything through Kevin Durant colored glasses. Like, it's just like Kevin Durant said all this crap. We know that, People lie, and they're going to lie to us, and that's what's going to happen. <laughs> maybe Kevin, maybe Paul George is lying to us too. But if you just took it all at face value, like you just like he's coming back, like he really is. And you know, it's just funny. Like we just didn't believe him. We just thought, yeah, yeah, whatever. Like you're just you're just saying things just because you want us to feel better. Like then, then like why would you want us to feel better? That's so weird. But he was just telling the truth the whole time which is a crazy thing. But back to my point about Ray Felton, like Ray Felton, no bones about it. Like I want to be back. Like if they want me back, I'm coming back. Right. And so that, I think that's an easy deal to be done. But I think that maybe you look around for more of a guy that is either like a straight distributor or a, even like a spot up shooting type of guy, you know, McKelly mentions Shabazz Napier. I think Shabazz Napier would be really interesting uh, with the Thunder. I think he has a little bit more upside than what Felton has, and he played really well for the Blazers. He's part of the reason that they got to the three seed. He he played really well for them, and so you have to wonder if they would look elsewhere. Uh, are, are there any potential or other potential minimum guys that you like? Like, Do you like Trevion Graham? Yeah. I mean, if you can get Trevion Graham on the minimum, I think that you have to do it today. Uh, Cause he can really shoot it. And 
the Thunder need guys that can shoot it. Like just period. Like they they just do. They need as many of those guys as as you can get because like I think like a Josh Eustace is probably done with Thunder and probably maybe even done with the NBA at this point. Uh, but he played minutes and he just could not shoot last year. And the Thunder put out lineups even in the playoffs where you have way too many non shooters out there. Like and what do they do about Corey Brewer? Like did the Thunder bring back Corey Brewer? I don't know. Nobody guarded Corey Brewer. I know he hit corner threes and that was really cool, but it didn't it didn't affect the offense in a way that you'd want it to. Because nobody everyone just still just like, yeah, you hit that one, Corey, but we know that you're going to miss 800 more after that because that's what you've done your whole career. And so you just have to, like, a guy like Travion Graham who hit a nice percentage of threes last year, I have to look up what it was. But, yeah, I think a guy like that makes would make a ton of sense for OKC. So let me read off some names. Just uh, I'll just read off a couple. You tell me if any of these sound interesting to you. Uh, Patrick McCaw, Noah Vonley, uh, Bebe Noguera, uh, Dante Cunningham, David no. Nawaba. Dante uh, Cunningham, I, he's he's like old, old didn't develop Jeremy Grant. <laughs> like, I, I have no interest in that. Uh, <laughs> James Ennis, uh, no, I. James Ennis is like one of those guys that on the surface that you're like, yeah, like he, he seems interesting. Like, wow, he's six, seven. I didn't know James Ennis was six, seven and he's athletic. Wow. But then like, why is, why can't he ever play for anybody? So, right. Like that. That's worrisome. Uh, Alex Len. He surely interests Sam Presti. I'll tell you that. Cause Sam Presti loves two things. One finding, guys that were in the lottery that didn't work out in their first stop and two, the 2013 NBA draft. <laughs> he loves uh, Oh, what about uh, Kyle O'Quinn? Yeah, I like O'Quinn. I don't know that the, some people talk about him getting paid. And really? Like, I, I don't want to be the team that's doing that. Yeah. Uh, that's about it. <laughs> Bryn Forbes? <laughs> I I have no idea if Brent Forbes is actually good. Well, we can't sign Joffrey again. He's he's gone. He's going to Fenerbahce. Yeah. Farewell. Farewell. He's not yeah, he's not coming back to the NBA probably. Uh yeah, I mean I I don't know. I, I still we could talk more this this could be our time to talk about Neurolands a little bit and then we can end the show. But I just feel like New Orleans Noel makes would make a lot of sense, and and back to the 2013 draft. Like Sam Presti loves to prove to people that the 2013 draft wasn't as bad as everybody thinks, but I I think he would be really interesting in OKC. I think it's a good place to kind of rehab your reputation. I think they did a good job of that with Dion and with Ennis Canner. Uh, here, like both those guys, really kind of reestablish their careers here, and have kind of launch themselves elsewhere. Are they superstars? No, but are they guys that are going to be in the NBA for a long time? Yeah, for sure. And I don't know that that was always guaranteed for those guys, but I think the Thunder do a good job developing guys and bringing them into a culture and showing them how to work and showing them what it takes to be great. 
I think Russell is a huge part of that. And I think playing with Steven Adams and Russell and Paul George and Jeremy Grant and these guys and Robertson that have worked their butts off to get to where they are. I mean, all those guys, like none of those guys were super highly recruited out of high school into college. And they all had to really work to get to where they are today. I think that's something that's like all, almost all Thunder players have that in common right now, except for Kyle Singler, who was very highly recruited out of high school. Um, I think that they have that in common. And I think that that would be a good thing. It's a good part of the culture with the Thunder. And Noel just needs to know how to work. And he needs to know how to be a professional. And the Thunder are good at teaching guys those things. And so I think he could come in. I think he could be really good. And, you know, if, if Melo's not here and if Robertson's healthy, I think you're talking about easily a top five defense in the NBA. And then you add Noel, who has a ton of potential. I think he, for a season with the Sixers, averaged two blocks and two steals. I don't know counting stats don't always equate to good defensive production, but uh, I think in the case of Noel, that it very well could. Yeah, and I think that's the main point that compared to some of these other potential, either minimum or mid-level guys, there's there's still a lot of upside with Noel um, that yeah. you just don't you don't get with some of these other names that I have been rattling off. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt, and like the main thing with Noel is his attitude, right? I mean, that's just that's been the main problem with him, and. You know, the Thunder have been linked to Nerlens Noel in the past. I mean, this is not the first time the Thunder kicked the tires on Nerlens Noel. When he was being traded from Philly, the Thunder were very much interested in making something happen there. And so, yeah. at the end of the day, it didn't happen. Uh, but I I just wouldn't be shocked to see him in a Thunder uniform. I just would not. Okay, anything else, Alex, before we go? I think that's it. Free agency, man, it's upon us. And uh, my allergies are upon me right now. I've been hitting the mute button a lot. There was at one point in this podcast, I hit the mute button and <laughs> forgot to unmute. I'm going to edit it out so you won't notice, but I hit the mute button and went on a rant and Alex had to text me. I can't hear you. So thank you, allergies. And thank you, Alex, for coming on the podcast today. You got to follow Alex on Twitter at AlBabyCakes. You can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow the podcast at Down to dunk uh you gotta go get our t-shirt that we just released so on the documentary uh with i guess it's like the mini the mini series the three-part mini series with paul george sam presti quoted a tribe called quest saying scared money don't make none and so we uh had our friend brandon land who is a tremendous tremendous artist make us a a graphic that we're going to put on a shirt through Oklahoma shirt company. And it's just so great. And you can find that on our Twitter, on our Facebook page. So if you don't follow us on Twitter or Facebook, you can search down to dunk and you can find the links there. Uh, we tweeted it out several times, but you can go buy that at big cartel, uh, backslash, uh, down to dunk today. And it's a great, great T-shirt. So go go get that. We've already had a ton of people. We've had a great response for that. Um, so go go get that. Uh, I think we'll have McKelly on for Wednesday. So a flip-flop of Alex and McKelly this week. But we appreciate you guys listening. Please leave us a five-star iTunes review if you've got a chance. And we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.
Well, uh, I'm going to add this into the current podcast that's posted so that you guys still listen to that as well. But the Thunder have signed center Nerlens Noel to a two-year deal at the minimum, uh, which is a great deal. Player option on the second year. Uh, this is a this is a really good signing for the Thunder. Once again, as I mentioned in today's podcast, I'll probably tack this on at the end. But they have always found guys in the 2013 draft. Victor Oladipo, uh, Stephen Adams were both in the 13 draft. Uh, Robertson was in that draft. So the Thunder have a ton of guys uh, from that draft. And most people think it wasn't that great. Uh, the Thunder love to find value. And Nerlens Noel uh, is an upside play for them. He is a center that can move really well. He averaged two blocks and two steals uh, for a season, which is an impressive thing. Uh, It was his rookie season. Not quite two blocks and two steals. 1.9 blocks, 1.8 steals uh, in his 30 minutes per game. Uh, It's impressive. Per 36 that season, this was his rookie year, 11 points, 2.2 blocks, two steals, almost 10 boards per game uh he he's got a lot of upside he's his defensive potential is big time and you know the thunder defense would it dropped off a cliff obviously when robertson went down but it would also waver some when adams went to the bench and so having a guy that can come in and be a clean backup for steven adams is big i I asked for questions i got a ton of them so I uh, will try to dig into as many of these as possible. So uh, here we go. This is from the Alistair Hogg. Great listener. What is the contract? I can't imagine it's too material given his history. Yeah, so we can kind of dig into that. So it's a minimum deal. I think it's like 1.3 million. That's just off the top of my head from what I remember seeing. Uh, I'll get it in front of me here in a second. But yeah, I mean, he's got not the greatest history. So you wanted traded from Philadelphia and just because they had too many bigs and it was kind of as a result of the process up there where they're just trying to get talent, not really worried about positions. And so they ended up with three big guys and they ended up having to sell kind of low to Dallas and then things clearly did not work in Dallas. And that doesn't mean that his career is doomed, uh, but it certainly doesn't look good. Uh, Rajon Rondo had a similar relationship with Rick Carlisle uh, so it wasn't Dallas isn't for everybody. The Thunder aren't for everybody. Not every team is for every player. Uh, so, but I do think that it's a really nice value play. The Thunder have went after Nerlens Noel uh, a couple years ago at the trade deadline when they ended up trading for Todd Gibson and Doug McDermott. So there's been interest for a long time. He was supposed to be the number one pick until he got hurt in that 2013 draft and Anthony Bennett ended up going number one uh Vic went two but it's again he's an interesting guy but a minimum deal two years in a player option so if things don't go well like he can have guaranteed money for next year on his own accord or if this year goes really well which is possible the Thunder have done really well with kind of rehabbing people that have had kind of shoddy first tries at an NBA career and so for Nerlens that's what he's had and uh, that's why he that's why the Thunder get him on such a cheap deal is because things haven't gone well so 
that's that's that. But uh, I again, I really like the move. Uh, Cody Kaiser and any honest scouting we can take away from Nerland's play last year or throw last year out due to a weird situation. I think you mostly throw out what happened last year. I mean, he didn't play much 15 minutes per game. Let me look at his minute total for the season. 472 minutes last season. He's dealt with injury. He, you know, he's, he's had some trouble with drugs there's just a lot of things there. He's got a lot of baggage that he's bringing into OKC. And so a lot of people kind of wrote off Rajon Rondo after things went really bad in Dallas, but he had a great year in New Orleans. And so I don't think you can just completely draw a parallel there between the two, but it's possible. So, excuse me, my allergies are still, excuse me, still acting up. But yeah, I don't I don't know how much we can take, to be honest. I think that we'll know. I think we'll know by December how much of last year was like the real Nerlens when it comes to attitude and minutes played and things of that nature. Uh, at Ben Vance, do you think we'll see Adams and Nerlens get playing time together? Also, do you think Nerlens will be willing to grow a mustache? <laughs> That's a great question, Ben. Uh, I would be pretty surprised if they played together. I think it's hard to play two non-shooting bigs in this NBA. I think maybe in a rare circumstance where there's kind of a twin towers from another team, which rarely exists. I mean, maybe against the Spurs, you would do that because the Thunder played Adams and Canner together with the Spurs against the Spurs. But maybe that situation is one or any other one where there's two bigs, but it's, it's too difficult to play those guys together. You know, the, if those guys were on the same college team, a hundred percent, they would play together. But, uh, I don't, I don't see that happening much. Will he grow a mustache? Uh, we'll see. It'll be interesting to see how his personality meshes and how he kind of reacts to Steven Adams. Cause Steven's Steven's awesome. He's kind of a big weirdo. And so it'd be interesting to see how he deals with that. Uh, next question is from at Jack's underscore row. Is Tyreek probably off the table now? So the Thunder met with Tyreek Evans last night. That was reported uh, by a few people. Uh, Travis reported it, local guy here. Uh, So good on him for that. But uh, it's not, not off the table. This is a minimum contract for Nerland. So the Thunder still have their uh, taxpayer mid-level exception to spend. So they're still in the mix and... Mark Rogers was apparently told that Tyreek Evans was at the party first. Like the rumor was Mark Rogers saw him at the party. And I was like, Mark Rogers was told that he was at the party. Like, I don't know. I have no idea if he was or not, but uh, Tyreek Evans is, is interesting and a guy to look out for. Well, we can talk more about him and how he fits on the thunder later. He's not my favorite guy in the whole world, uh, but he's got some talent and he would certainly be intriguing for a lot of reasons uh, at James TU 20. The Bulls are $40 million under the cap. What would a realistic trade to them to get them to take Melo in a pre-ranged buyout would definitely alleviate a huge headache? Yeah, I mean, I think that's something that they would want to explore, but you're going to have to give them something to take that on that money. Like You give them Terrence Ferguson. You give them... You know, I don't think that Hamadou Diallo would get that done. Uh, maybe Abrinas. Uh, you're going to have to give away someone that can play to to make that happen. And it's yet to be seen what the Thunder want to do. 
uh, Albert Namad, who's a great cap guy down in Miami, so that he doesn't think that they'll stretch his contract, that they'd just rather take the savings at the end of the year. And so that'll be interesting. Uh, also, keep in mind that the Thunder have until February to make this happen. It doesn't have to happen this summer to to make this money go away. It can happen in February. And so the Thunder could hang on to Mello for a while. Like That's a sincere possibility if he's not willing to waive his no trade or you know, doesn't want to take a buyout. Who knows? Like We just don't know how this will unfold. The Thunder have until the end of next season to try to lessen their luxury tax bill. And so who knows if they'll be in a hurry to do it. Like you don't have to pay it this summer just because your team's expensive. So it'll it'd just be interesting to see what they do to to get out of this this money. But it's a it's a good question. I think looking at teams like that who may not do much with their money, who don't want to go spend might try to get an asset from the Thunder. And do the, the Thunder don't have a lot of assets and they certainly just don't want to give stuff away at this point in time. And I think going to get Nerlens and looking at Tyreek Evans and doing stuff like that kind of shows that. So, uh, but it's a good question. I think it's a kind of a good, good place to, to start thinking from for Mello is how can, what can we do to get rid of his contract? I think it's, it's something that they're going to think about. Uh, this is from Ale S G E Ben. Well, the Thunder buyout Mello. Uh, and greetings from Germany. Hello. Thanks for listening. That's pretty cool that uh, listening from Germany. Uh, I, I do think that something's going to happen. And I do think it's with Carmelo Anthony. Some people are like, is it going to happen with Patrick Patterson? Yeah, Patrick Patterson's great for this culture. And he's a cheaper contract. And he's a guy that can, is willing to come off the bench. And I think that, to me, all of this signals that, one, Jeremy Grant's going to start. Because Jeremy Grant was the backup center last year and played a ton of minutes and i think the thunder are very comfortable with sliding him next to steven adams those lineups ended up having really good net ratings they played really well together in the playoffs i think they feel extremely comfortable with that and then now you have a true backup center in Erlens noel a lot of people were uh, clamoring for a real backup center and here he is in the form of Erlens noel so as long as he can keep it together on and off the court I think that you have kind of a defensive monster brewing here in Oklahoma city. And so, and I do think that Mello, one way or another won't be here. The signs are just, there's just too much there. You know, the way he acted at exit interviews was appalling to a lot of people. Just like, wow, I got, we didn't know he felt this way Mello, because you know, contrary to what the storyline is now, he did great during the season. He was a great locker room guy. He was good with all the players and really awesome with the media. He was one of the most fun guys to be around during the whole season. And then he completely turned. So um, I, I don't know what to take from, from all that yet, but I would assume, and he wasn't at the party. He's there's a lot there. And I do think that something will happen with Melo, whether it's a trade. I still think a trade is a sincere possibility. I still think the Thunder would like to improve. I think they see the Lakers are are loading up on LeBron and JaVale. Uh, you obviously still have the Warriors. You have the Rockets that, you know, without Trevor Reza, you can probably think, hmm, like maybe something could happen here. But we'll see. We'll see. I do think that something will happen with Melo sooner or later. This is from at the underscore Stern licked. 
Why isn't Presley taking a flyer on Anthony Bennett or is he too awful for the 13, 2013 reclamation project? Uh, yeah, the, uh, they're not, they're not going to take a flyer on the overweight Canadian. I wish, I wish they would. Cause I'm sure Presty would, uh, thunder would just turn his career right around, but, uh, they, they will not. Okay. Let's see. Next question from at Tyler K field. What was the deal with Dallas? Why couldn't he get an, on the court? It's a, it's an attitude thing. And that happens some with Carlisle. Like he just isn't going to deal with it. Like he's, he just won't do it. Uh, Chuck underscore Dana's underscore acts about Tyreek Evans. So I've already answered that. Uh, he could come for the mini mid level, not the mini mid level, the taxpayer mid level that could happen. Uh, at 97, Paul Samuel, what's your over under on how many halftime dogs Nerlens will eat this season? So it's a funny story. Like he did, he like went and got a hot dog at halftime and it's hilarious and really weird and just what a weird season for Nerlens to well. Uh, but for real, there's no hot dogs at halftime for the thunder. So you can go. So this is for the media. I think that he went to get this at media dining. I don't know, but I'm just, that's my only experience with halftime foods uh, that are kind of in the back, but you go back there. They always have popcorn for the media. So a lot of people go down there and get some popcorn. They have peanuts. They've got, you know, water, coffee, soda, all that stuff. And then sometimes they'll have some dessert sitting out there. So they've got some really nice churros, really good churros. And I think I, I don't I don't feel comfortable rolling my R on that on that churro right now. Uh, Caleb underscore Jones underscore. That means that the mellow is gone or Adams, right? Yeah, mellow. It's mellow. I don't understand. I don't know. I've heard a few people thinking that Adams is going to be like a casualty. Like this team wants to win. And if you're going to get rid of somebody that has a big contract, it's got to be somebody who can't help you win. And they're, they're they trade Adams if it helps the team. But I think that priority would be keep Steven Adams. They need, they still need guys that will do the little things. That's why they brought back Jeremy Grant. I think Jeremy Grant will do the little things. I think that Steven Adams does the little things for this team, defensively, offensively, setting screens, all those things. They need those guys. Andre Robertson. That's why things fell off because they lost another guy that does the little things. They, they just can't afford to not have him unless it's, dealing for a big name player. So I, I think that it's mellow. Um, let's see at Tom car 98. Is this it for the roster moves for the remainder of this off season? Uh, the answer is no, it's not surely not. So uh, buckle up last summer was big time. Uh, the summer is shaping up to be uh, quite similar. I would guess uh, let's see at dub sack. Now we really need shooting. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. I agree. We really do. I think they're, they're counting on some improvement from Jeremy at that spot and Abrinas for kind of his play to carry over to the next season. And Ferguson's a wild card. I think they are hoping that Russell can be a better shooter next year, but everything seems to be, uh, you know, pretty rosy right now, but who knows? Give us some red flags on Noel at Allen underscore Miller 12. Yeah, it's his his attitude. It's his injury history. 
It's the hot dogs. There's a lot of red flags. There's a, there's a reason why he has a minimum contract. Like it's pretty rare that a guy that's picked in the lottery. That's a big guy ends up with a minimum deal after his first one's up. It's pretty rare. Kwame Brown got like 10 million a year after his, uh, and we all know what his career was like. So like, there's a reason why the dude has had drug trouble. He has missed games. He has attitude problem. It's all those things. But I think that hitting the market and looking around and saying like, man, like nobody, nobody's clamoring for my services. Like nobody, no one's going to give me big money. And I also think the allure of Russell Westbrook and Paul George, who were reported to be recruiting him pretty hard, makes a lot of sense too. So it's uh, there's red flags all over the place. This could this could not this could be a failure. Like it honestly could be. So a lot of people say Mello is gone. I agree. At OKC obstinacy. What do you think OKC's go-to bench lineup will be for the season? I mean, it's, it's hard to say. I think, you know, if you say that Ray is back, I think that they do try to stagger Russ and Paul George as terrible as that went. I think that they still will try to do that. So some form of Felton, Abrinas, Paul George, Tupat, Noel, something like that, where you do have a spacer there, but still have the potential to be a good defensive lineup. It would be pretty interesting. At the other, Jacob asked who else has had meetings with Tyreek. Uh, apparently the Lakers have. They they don't have a lot to offer unless they renounce Julius Randle. So maybe he wants to go play with LeBron in LA. I think that that's uh, a thing. So, but uh, who knows? I think that we'll, we'll wait and talk more about Tyreek if and when something happens. What does it mean for Dakari from at thunder underscore dad? I don't know. I, if you listen to this show on a regular basis, you know, I'm not a big Dakari guy. I'm not a big Dakari guy. I don't think he's very good. And I don't think that he's fits the modern NBA. I don't think he's a great defender. Uh, he's fine at some things. He's a fine offensive center. He's got some feel and some touch and cool, but like he's like super poor man's Greg Monroe and, that kind of guy doesn't do well. And I mean, Greg Monroe will probably play for the minimum next year. And so I, I'm not a fan. I wouldn't be surprised if he got waived. It would be really inexpensive to let him go. And so that, that could definitely happen. This is from at Scott underscore Owens. Would Mello accept a trade to the Cavs at this point? And what's the math on the Mello singular rookies next year and love? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if this is possible. Here's the deal. Any trade involving involving Carmelo Anthony is a sincere possibility. Any and every trade. I don't care what team. I don't care what market. I don't care where he goes. I don't care if it's Cleveland, Orlando, Miami, uh, the Raptors. I don't care who it is. It's a possibility because all they have to do is buy out the contract. Most of these teams, if they're trading for him, aside from a team like Miami, I do think Miami would keep him and they would play him and it would be good for his career. And I've said that so many times that I could just vomit. But trade him to Cleveland, the Cavs will buy him out. They'll take the savings. They will let him go. I mean, the dude, if, if you don't think that Mello wants to go to LA, like Mello's been rumored 
to LA for a long time throughout his career. There's been go, just go Google Carmelo Anthony, Los Angeles Lakers. I don't even have to do it. And I know that there's like a thousand pictures of him photoshopped into a Lakers Jersey. And so that might be, that might be something that really happens. I would just not be surprised. And that's why I think a trade makes a ton of sense. And I just think that a trade is probably the most likely thing that's going to happen. Now, can they get Kevin love, you know, maybe, I don't know. I don't know what the market for Kevin Love will be. I really have no idea. It would have to it would have to include Terrence Ferguson, maybe even Alex Abrinas. I think that you would you could trade them the rights to Diallo and Hervey if you wanted to. You could give them a first round future first round pick and is that enough? Like honestly maybe it's enough. I I don't exactly know the answer to that. But I think the answer is maybe. And do I love the fit of Kevin Love? Eh, like I don't know. Like I, that's a that'd be a wait and see for me, because he's similar, dangerously similar to Melo in a lot of ways. The same problems, the same defensive problems, the attitude problem isn't quite the same. But to be an All Star guy, to come to the Thunder and be the third fiddle, I mean, I think definitively he would be the third best player. Uh, I think it was very clear uh, from the onset that Adams was way better than mellow. Uh, I do think that Kevin loves more talented than Steven Adams. He can shoot it. He's a great rebounder. He's a great passer. He's a great, he's a team guy. I do like the fit way better than mellow and he's just honestly a better player. And so I think that it helps the Thunder's chances. And he obviously is close with Russell. And I think that they would mesh well together. And that, I mean, that is a squad. If you start, Russell Robertson, Paul George, Kevin Love, Stephen Adams. Like you, that's a that's a group. That's that's big time. Uh, I don't know if it's possible. I think that we can all dream about it because it's the summertime. But uh, I wouldn't count the Thunder out of a sweepstakes like that, and I wouldn't be surprised if the Cavs traded him uh, just to get some kind of asset in return. Uh, Teller beats one brings up George Hill. Uh, yeah, George Hill makes sense too for the Thunder. He's making twenty million, but next year his contract is one million guaranteed. That might make a little bit more sense and be more realistic as far as a trade for Melo goes. But uh, I think we've learned like don't count Sam Presti out in the off season. Just don't do it. And you can dream big, Thunder fans. It may not happen, but you can do it because big things have happened. Uh, let's see. Maybe one more question. I've been going for like 20 minutes. This is going to be added to the big podcast, a long show. Uh, let's see. At Kyle Volkler. This will be our last one. Could I talk about the chances of this being a predecessor to an Adams trade? I'd love to. I'd love to do that. Uh, Nerlens Noel is not reliable. He's not reliable enough to be called an NBA starter. And the Thunder aren't going to do that to themselves maybe you get halfway through the season you're like holy moly like Nerlens Noel is really good and he's a better defender than Steven is and he we could use Steven as a trade chip to get this and this and this like whoa like maybe we could do that as far as the summer I mean Thunder loves Steven Adams unless you can get a Kawhi Leonard or an Anthony Davis or 
I, those two names stick out the most to me, uh, then I I just don't I don't see why you do it. I I wouldn't give him up for Kevin Love. Wouldn't do it for a second. So uh, I don't think that's going to happen. So, but I do think that Mello being a trade chip is still still out there. So. Uh, thanks for listening to the show. You guys are just great. Please take some time to leave us a five-star iTunes review. Uh, if you've already listened to today's show, thank you. This was tacked on later, so you may have fast-forwarded and listened to this one. So I hope you guys have a great, great day. We'll talk again if something big-time happens. Thanks for listening. You guys are just awesome. I just am thankful for you guys. Hope that you guys have a great day, and we'll talk again soon. Sorry. That's okay. <laughs> I was going on a rant, but my mute button was hit because I, I had sneezed. <laughs> um, so you were, you were talking that whole time? I was talking the whole time. <laughs> okay. Um, I'll go back into it. Okay. Oh.